So Luke 14, 1 through 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee. Thank you. So Jesus was at the house of a prominent Pharisee. He was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then he asked them, if one of you had a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, <clears throat> uh, give this man your seat. And then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, friend, move on up to a better spot. And then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And then Jesus turned to the host. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends your brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This change from August to September <clears throat> always seems to be a marker, like just a bigger marker of new beginnings and fresh starts than when we turn over from December to January. We're told when we turn into a new year that that's a year of New Year's resolutions and things like that. But August to September, that seems to be the time when we actually do feel we have fresh starts, when things start anew again. And most of us know this. That's why most of us are getting one more weekend of camping or vacationing in before the fall settles in. Some of us were <clears throat> spending this weekend doing frantic last-minute school shopping because we realized it's right around the corner. For some of us, as we saw just a little earlier, life changes drastically in September. A new school year, 
a new class, a new grade, new friends, new adventures, new challenges. And for the rest of us, even if we don't have a backpack, September still brings with it a sense of newness, of change. Fall is just around the corner. Summer holidays have come to an end, and real life begins to assert itself. And we all settle back into our more normal rhythms of work and church and school and our commitments. So in this time of transition, of returning to normal life this week, of starting school, of feeling the air get just a little bit crisper, we come to this portion of scripture about a fancy dinner party, about status-conscious guests, and a Pharisee who probably regretted adding Jesus to his guest list. So our story, it's the Sabbath day. It's a day of rest with a lot of rules and stuff to not do and to do. Lots of rules to follow and to keep. And on this particular Sabbath, Jesus is sitting, sitting down to dinner with a bunch of religious leaders, Pharisees particularly. And it's not a friendly invitation. This was not one of those, let's invite Jesus over, he's a cool guy. This was a bit more like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. The Pharisees wanted to watch him closely. They had heard about him doing things that were against the rules, and they wanted to catch him in the act. They weren't too keen on who he had been hanging out with, what he had been doing. And they were watching him closely, waiting for him to mess up, to break the rules, to do something they could call him out on. So when a man, badly in need of Jesus' healing, comes to him, they freeze, they stop what they're doing, and they watch. Because they know the rules. They know what you're not supposed to do on this particular day. And they know, from what they've heard about Jesus, is that this is just the kind of thing that you're not supposed to do, that Jesus loves to do. But here's where the tables are turned. The Pharisees were watching Jesus closely. But Jesus was watching them just as closely. When the man comes to Jesus for healing, he doesn't immediately heal him. He doesn't immediately act. He asks a question of the experts, of the religious leaders. Is it against God's rules to heal on this day? Does it break the rules to heal this man? And they don't answer, but they know the answer. So I don't know if they withhold it because they're slightly ashamed of it, or if they withhold it because they kind of want to force Jesus to act and they don't want to mess with it. They remain silent. So Jesus heals the man and sends him on his way. But he's still watching them closely. And he isn't done with them just yet. 
He confronts them on how they understand God's rules. So let me ask you this, as dinner conversation. If your kid, or let's say just your ox, falls into a pit, aren't you going to break the rules and rescue him? Aren't you going to invite all of your neighbors to break the rules to rescue your kid? To even rescue your ox? And again, they keep silent. Whether they have an answer or they don't know how to answer, Jesus' questions of where the lines are, where the rules bend, they don't have an answer. You can kind of imagine that there's a tension in the room. <laughs> and they're all quite relieved when the host pops his head in and says, Dinner's served! <sighs> and they breathe a sigh of relief to get away from that conversation with Jesus, and they all head to the table. But again, Jesus is still watching closely. And they all begin to take their seats. One by one, going from one place to the next, figuring out who's who and where, who sits where according to rank, importance, standing, according to kind of who's who, according to what the rules say. And Jesus looks at this, shakes his head, a little fed up with them, and tells them a parable his go-to teaching tool. And if you've read it and you think of other parables that you know, this, this one is kind of a weird parable. And by weird parable, I mean it's, it's, a, it's weird by not being weird. It's not about lost sheep and lost coins and kings and things like that. It's, it's about table manners, of all things. It's about table manners. Jesus tells them that when you go to a party, don't go straight for the best seat because you'll be real embarrassed when someone more important comes and you have to move down. So go take a seat farther down, a little less important, so that when the host sees you way down there, they'll invite you to a better seat. And then you will be honored and not embarrassed, and that seems to make a whole lot of sense. And then Jesus adds a moral to it. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Again, less parable as we're used to them, and a bit more table etiquette. In fact, what Jesus is quoting here is basically just a snippet of Hebrew wisdom. You can read it in the Proverbs. You could read it in other rabbis. It's just something that good Jewish parents told their kids how to behave. This is kind of just kind of basic decency. Don't get yourself embarrassed. Follow the rules, and you'll be okay. It's kind of like when you go to a fancy dinner party, you remember not to put your elbows on the table, and you remember to put your napkin on your lap and not tuck it into your collar. Kind of, the, kind of the level of table etiquette we're dealing with here. And, and this is all definitely according to the rules. In fact, the Pharisees were 
probably relieved that Jesus was kind of <clears throat> getting on the right page. Nothing about this of what he was saying would kind of make them stop cutting their meat or passing the mashed potatoes. They would just kind of be like head nodding. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. But then Jesus turns to the host, to the most important, the most important person there. And he just blows all their rules to smithereens. The next time you put on a dinner, very important person, don't just invite your friends, your family, your rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. And then you will be not honored, but you will be blessed. You will be blessed at the resurrection of God's people. The Pharisees became the Pharisees because they knew the rules better than anyone. They became important and respected by living those rules better than anyone. And they maintained a clear distinction between who was included and who wasn't by applying those rules better than anyone. And then Jesus just sits down with them and rewrites all the rules that they followed. You invite the powerful, you invite the important, you invite people you know, people you want to impress. Those are not God's rules, those are your rules. Rather, to live according to God's rules, invite the least, invite the excluded, invite the unnoticed, invite the lost. And then you are living according to God's rules then you won't just be honored, you'll be blessed. It's easy to pick on the Pharisees. They make it real easy because they just don't get it so often. But hearing Jesus sit with them, rewrite the Pharisees' rules of who is in and who is out, who matters and who doesn't, I wonder if we need Jesus to sit down with us and help us rewrite our rules. The rules we live by. At school, at work, with our friends, with the people we don't see. Because while we may not be Pharisees, we know the rules of how to be important and respected popular and light. And we know how to maintain a clear distinction between who is in and who is out. Our context may be different, but the rules too often stay the same. Nowhere is the stratification of society more clearly seen, more apparent, than in a high school cafeteria. And it doesn't really matter if it's a Christian school or a public school. 
the rules still, still seem to apply regardless of location. Who sits where? Who sits with who? Who doesn't sit with that person? Or who does sit with that person and then we don't sit with them? Kind of similar to Pharisees taking their place at a dinner table. Because by the time everyone has found their place, it is very clear who's in, who's out, the ranking and the status of everyone present. And for those of us who perhaps don't sling on a backpack anymore and head to school, we may have moved on to kids and mortgages past that high school diploma. We may think that the rules don't necessarily apply anymore, but really they've just gotten a bit more nuanced. A bit harder to detect, but still definitely present. The rules still apply. Because you can see who gets promoted. You can see who gets invited out by the boss. You can see who hangs out with who after work. You can see which parents cluster together at playgroup and who ends up sitting on the bench alone watching their kid. You know who's in that, that group chat that everyone's in and who's not. Because not everyone is in it. Those rules still apply and we still play by them, knowing who's in and who's out, who matters and who doesn't. And that's not even mentioning how we tend to rank each other by followers or likes, by what influencer we follow on Instagram or who gets retweeted by who or who's followed by someone else. We're not Pharisees. but we most certainly know the rules of who's in and who's out. Who's considered important and who's not. Who matters, who's respected, who's popular, who's followed. If Jesus were to watch you closely this week, who you sit with, who you have lunch with, who you talk to and how you talk to them, who you avoid and who you seek out. What rules of yours would Jesus be inclined to rewrite for you? If Jesus were to watch you closely, sit down with you, what rules would he rewrite? September is a month of fresh starts, of new beginnings, of new school years, of new practices. For those of us who wear backpacks and those of us who don't. 
Maybe it's just the time of year to break some rules, to learn some new habits, to try out some new table manners, to notice the unnoticed, to invite the uninvited, to include the excluded, and to follow the rules of humility rather than the rules of self-importance. And we won't get it perfect. We will not be A-plus students in this area. We will fall back into our old habits, into our usual ways of seeing others and judging others. We will fail to be humble. And we will excel at puffing ourselves up. Whether it's about our grades or that promotion that we landed, applauding ourselves about getting a seat at the table that matters, regardless of our age. With thinking more of ourselves than we should. Because we're human. And because we're just not that great at breaking the rules yet. But the good news from the story, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus still sits with us. Because Jesus doesn't play by those rules. He doesn't determine our status or our importance or our standing with him by how we perform, by the works that we do or don't do, by how popular we are or most decidedly are not, how liked we are or aren't. Jesus notices the unnoticed, invites the uninvited, includes the excluded, and sits with those who do not deserve it, but who desperately need his presence. Jesus still sits with us. Our story this morning began with a healing of someone who wasn't invited, who was in fact intentionally excluded, because he fell into that category of the unwanted ones. He didn't make the cut to the fancy dinner party, but Jesus saw him, noticed him, included him. And when that happens, healing comes. Wholeness comes. Restoration comes. Belonging comes. Jesus sits with us. He rewrites the rules to make space for everyone. Whether that is a prominent Pharisee or the most popular kid in high school, whether it's the man who came knocking on the door needing healing or it's the kid at school who always sits alone. Jesus sits with us. Because the rules of the kingdom of God make room for all of us, for each of us. And Jesus, Jesus invites us to do the same.
Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Our God who invites us, our God who loves us, we come before you this morning out of this story of Jesus at a table. And we are grateful that Jesus sits with us, that we are loved, that we are important, not because of what other people say or don't say, because of who we are in you, who we are because of what Jesus has done for us. So may that give us such a strong sense of self-confidence, of trust in who you say we are, that we can break the rules, that we can be like your son, the one who reaches out beyond what makes sense, across tables and walls and barriers, to see others, to see us. May we be more like your son, the one we love and the one who loves us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.